This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One, two, three, four. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Andrew Ivins, Director of Scouting at 24-7 Sports, and I'm joined today by another director, Director of Recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, filling in for Cooper Patagna, who is getting married in, what, three, four days now? Steve, how you doing, bud? Doing well, man. I uh, text Cooper yesterday, uh, and I think he's got a, I think he's got some golf on his mind leading up to the nuptials here as I pull up <laughs> that uh, conversation there. Um, so a big week for Mr. Patagna there as he joins the club. Join, joining the club, right? Yeah, and then just uh, I give everybody that just trick them every day from from there on out. After that, right? Absolutely, uh, big weekend for you, right? You're going to the Indy 500. It's got to well, be like listen, there's no better city in the country to be in than Indianapolis this weekend. I think we become the sixth largest city in the country. It's the largest sporting event in America. There'll be over 300,000 people at the Indy 500. So yeah, we get excited about it around here. Hit the parade on Saturday, the race on Sunday. Might watch the Coca-Cola 600 right afterwards. So 1,100 miles of left turns, Andrew. And then just some some grilling out, some grilling out on Monday. And then we'll be back at it uh, on, the, on the recruiting beat Tuesday because June, as everyone knows, it's going to get super busy. Um, recruiting visits, a big official visit weekends every weekend in June. We'll have some commitments in June, but it'll set up a lot of commitments in July as these prospects try and make their college decisions before their senior season. That's the goal for most of these young men, and and June's going to set the table for that. Did I hear you're going to Orlando uh, this weekend? You got some plans? I'm doing a a lake lake weekend. Going to hit a a spring game, I think, Thursday night, and then – kind of shut it down um that's that's the plan that's the plan for now you're going to the sound mind sound body camp right i was with some college coaches last night and they were talking about that camp it's it's the big kind of mega camp in detroit next week it sounds like it's going to be loaded yeah that's that's the hope you know there's some big time names expected at that camp uh it's at tyrone wheatley's wayne state uh so college coaches can attend it because it's on a college campus. That's kind of the rule uh, for those of you that don't know how that works. And uh, there'll be a lot of talented prospects on the field. Alan True and myself will be on hand uh, from from the 24-7 sports national team. And then certainly our Michigan site will be there. Michigan State site will be there among others. And and we'll be bringing you full coverage from that. Uh, Is there, what's the big mega camps on your radar, Andrew? Oh, I know Florida State's working one at FAU. Um, There's some buzz about a camp at USF. I think in two weeks as well. That that's on my radar. And then you got the Mercer camp. So I'm gonna see what I I'm gonna try to pick and choose. Maybe get up to FSU for that 
that mega camp. So we'll see. Um, but you know, a lot of it, it, it's changes every year. Like certain schools will allow programs in, others won't. And, and, you know, they're, I think they're all trying to navigate through that. Um, before we get into the juice here, I, I also have to bring this up because I was with those coaches. Guess what movie they brought up, Steve, the program. First and of all, it's the best, <laughs> it's the best football movie ever made. And I was like, it's funny, you know, Steve has gotten on me and Cooper for not seeing the program. So that is on my agenda for this Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to find time to watch the program. Only because a college coach told you to watch it. No, no, I, 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 feel like, colleague. I, I feel like now I've heard it from so many different angles. Well, the program, the reason why the program is so good is because it still holds up. Like if you watched it right now, it, it, that movie – would still have a lot of things that like kind of carry over to today. And and really the best part about the program is there's like a main character in every position room. So you have a D lineman, you have an O lineman, you have the starting quarterback, of course, but then the backup quarterback even has kind of like a funny role in the movie. You have your two tailbacks um, and, and uh, a linebacker, of course. And so it, the movie's just, you got your recruiting angle. Um, it, it, you got Heisman candidates you know, it, it's a pretty awesome movie. Well, they were saying uh, they had brought up the program in a few like team meetings. This was a few different coaches that were sitting there and like none of the players had any idea what it was. So I'm not the only one that hasn't seen the program yet. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I all kids would like anyone would like it. Like the movie, it's a classic. All right. Stream it on Amazon Prime for three seventy nine. So that will be in the. uh on the on, on the bank sheet, I guess at some point this weekend. But Steve, I thought it'd be good to get you on. Obviously, Cooper's off uh, this week. You know, he's got business to take care of. But we're kind of turning the page to the summer months, and that has become kind of busy season. And you touched on it a, a few minutes ago, just with the college commitments. And I think what's really kind of jump started this or, or turned it into it is the summer official visits. Right? Remember, there was a time when people were so conservative about using those official visits. And now it seems like schools are all about it and, and cause they want to spread kids out. Right. I think that's why we saw Georgia bring some guys in this past weekend. Obviously, you know, they, they picked up some commitments, but when you have these big, you know, 20, 25 visitor weekends, it's hard to get one-on-one -on -one attention. So if you can bring in, you know, eight, 10 guys at a time allows your staff to get around them. So, we know the official visits are coming. We talked about the mega camps and then July 4th has turned into like one of the biggest recruiting days on the calendar. I mean, I don't know who's going to announce then, but every year there's big commitments coming off the board. So I thought we would set the stage really for June and early July. And I think the best way to do that is kind of hit on some of these five-star prospects or some of the bigger names out there. As it stands right now, nine of our 32 five-stars are committed 37 of our top 100 ranked recruits are committed and 102 of the top 247 so there's a lot of names that are left in play and i would assume you know it'll be close to 150 uh, 175 of the top 247 committed and sure yeah there's going to be some guys that change minds and, and flip later in, in the process spatula season as you like to call it so i think if i just toss some names at you and and you kind of I let you go I think that would be good for the listeners and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit yeah let's do it brother 
All right, let's start at the top. Jeremiah Smith, number one ranked wide receiver. Heard you say it on the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Show. You think Georgia is the school that poses the biggest threat to the Buckeyes. He just took an official visit there. I think he's got another one penciled in to Florida. So what do we need to know about Jeremiah Smith and his recruitment? And that's if there is a program that poses a threat, you know, I would point to Georgia. It's depending on who you talk to. There were people that spent time with him in Athens that feel like Georgia is a real player in this recruitment and have a chance to flip them. But there's also people that say that if Brian Hartline's at Ohio State coaching that position room, Jeremiah Smith's going to stick with the Buckeyes. So uh, he's going to be back at Ohio State the second weekend in June. He's also taking an official to Florida the first weekend of June. He has an official visit to Penn State. So he's obviously enjoying the process some too, taking visits and 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 uh, you know getting what he's earned. You know these young men have earned the right to take official visits if they want to get wined and dine, eat the surf and turf, play the top golf or whatever uh, deal that they got on these visits here. Uh, he's Ax- axe throwing. I think it's a big one in Athens, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he, you know, but I think that when you look at the program. The way I believe Jeremiah Smith is wired, he picked Ohio State for reasons um, to help him get to where he wants to go in the game of football, right? He wants to be the best receiver he can be and play in the best offense he can play in and play for coaches that have a proven track record of development. So Ohio State obviously checks that box. They're going to have the first receiver taken in next year's draft having the first receiver taken in this past draft and then their receivers in the NFL are playing at a high level um, but Georgia at least can come to the table with some tangible evidence that they're a pretty damn good program as well so that's you know when I look at having spent time around Jeremiah Smith talk to people that know him well you know Georgia has some things that they can point to as well that you know, I, I could see making sense. So that's why I view them if there is a threat to Ohio State. But Brian Hartline, not only is he an outstanding coach, but he he likes recruiting and building genuine relationships with the kids on the trail. That's why he coaches in college football. He likes being able to influence young people and make an impact on them. And so with that, he builds meaningful relationships with these recruits. And so Jeremiah Smith knows Brian Hartline and Brian Hartline knows Jeremiah Smith. It's not just a transactional recruitment. So um, it's not just you help me, I help you, you know. And so um, they've really connected. So I think, again, Ohio until someone tells me, I think Ohio State's still going to be tough to beat there. I know you're close to it, so I don't know if you're hearing anything. No, no, I I would agree with that. I think the one – interesting angle and i don't know if if jeremiah is really gonna wants to pursue this but you know he did just win a pair of, of gold medals and in, in in the 110 hurdles and the, the 400 meter hurdles um you know he i think he's teased that maybe he wants to run track in college i don't really buy into that um and i agree with you man i, I think heartline he sinks his teeth into these guys and he's gonna be hard to beat and uh jeremiah smith his spring scrimmage is Wednesday afternoon. I would assume Brian Hartline will be there, you know, standing on the sidelines. Why not? I mean, that's what the big dogs do. They, they, they get out the private planes this time of the year. And uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, I was recently at a, a sports bar 
in South Florida, I looked up and there's this big like graphic of Brian Hartline in a Miami Dolphins uniform, you know, diving into the end zone. I think a lot of people forgot that like he played in the NFL. And I think that kind of resonates with kids. He was also an outstanding track athlete in high school and had a long career in the NFL. Uh, but to your private jet thing, I think that really only comes with the head coach unless you have some kind of like every once in a while, maybe an assistant gets to fly private by themselves, but they like when they get to travel with the head coach, man, it's a different, different way of travel compared to, to when they're just on the road, uh, making the rounds. I was talking with a coach recently and he said, I rented a car and didn't return it for three weeks because he knew he wanted to use the private jet at some point down the line. And he was banking it. He's like, look, I'll drive all these places, but I got to be home at this certain time to be at my kid's game. And I think he got it approved. So, you know, it, it goes both ways, even with the biggest of budgets, you know, um, it, it's funny. Let's bring up another guy who wasn't at Georgia this past weekend, but I think he threw with some of them. You wrote, you wrote the story this past weekend, Sammy Brown, uh, was around Dylan Rayola. You know, he's our number one ranked linebacker right now. He is a candidate for the top spot on my annual freaks list. Just posted a video of him cleaning 405 pounds, which is Saquon Barkley type numbers. I mean, the, the form is immaculate. This is a kid that knows his way around a weight room and knows how to move a barbell. Um, so Sammy Brown, he's got a bunch of trips on deck here in the month of June. You know, Oklahoma's in there. I mean, you you tell me what what's the vibe you're getting out of Sammy Brown and his camp? Yeah, and his 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 dad's obviously really into the weight room and over the pandemic taught his kids the proper form. They started with the bar and went from there. And he was he was doing close to 300 at the end of eighth grade. Um, you know, so obviously an explosive athletic kid that can bend, um, but has that technique. To, to do 405 is, is nuts. Um, I, I like where Georgia stands in his recruitment. You know, I think he's got a great relationship with Coach Schumann and Coach Smart. And then I think beyond that, Georgia's track record of developing linebackers as of late really resonates. I think, uh, you know, I think football, the football decision aspect of it favors Georgia right now with the defense, the style of play. He was up there for spring practices, talked about how physical – those practices where I think he loved and relished that. I think he views himself as that kind of player that would love to be in that kind of uh, tenacious practice. And then again, the, the the track record and then the relationships. He's close with Rayola, Sakovi White, some of those guys in the class. Um, I think George is in a good position going into the official visits. Now Clemson's a program that's always had a special place in his heart. He's been camping there for forever. Yeah, one. Yeah, this is a young man that lost his backpack at a Clemson camp when he was I young. That. Yeah, I love this nugget. You got you to tell this. do up downs with Dabo Sweeney when they announced whose bag is this. You know how cool is that that Dabo Sweeney's doing up downs with the young camper? But that speaks to Dabo Sweeney and the culture of his program, and that's why Sammy Brown loves it so much. He says it's the best culture in college football, and he's also talked about how Clemson has maximized players at that linebacker position. Um, and gotten a lot of mileage out of them 
and, and, and he just likes being at Clemson. So uh, that's a place that he's always loved. And certainly they've won a couple national championships and uh, likes Coach Sweeney. He's known him for a long time. And he was the first player Clemson offered in this class. And in and, and Clemson, they typically wait till June 1 to offer their next wave of prospects. So June 1 will be when the 2025s, that's coming up soon. We're going to know who Clemson's top targets are in 2025 soon because they're going to be offering them next week or whatever. But uh, Sammy Brown got his before June to just kind of say, hey, you're an extra special recruit to us. You're not just an elite guy for us, but you're like more than that. Um, and they knew him so well. Um, and then, you know, so Oklahoma, he's connected with Coach Venables. It feels that culture's out in Norman now. Loves that Venables coaches the linebackers, the defense, and is the head coach. Uh, and then he's at Tennessee this weekend. It's going to be a fun recruiting weekend at Tennessee. We're going to talk more about that on the recruiting show Thursday. Uh, but Sammy Brown's taking his official visit to Tennessee this weekend. And then Ohio State's the fifth school on the list for him. But I've, I, I like Georgia going in the visits. We'll see what happens. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. You brought up Tennessee. I mean, let's touch on that right now. They're, I think, the only school that is – Using Memorial Day as a as a visit weekend, uh, volunteers. Where are they right now in the rankings? I should have ten. Number ten. ten. I mean, looking for a second straight top ten I, class. Actually, they're nine. I think someone lost a. There was a decommitment late last night. Mike Williams decommitted from South Carolina. I think that that moved the rankings. Uh, Eleven commits so far. You mentioned it. They're going to have a a big weekend here, um, and, and really. Uh, it, it's a, a ton of unofficial visitors, right? Sammy Brown's the only yeah. official visitor. Yeah, yeah. Sammy's the only official visitor. He's got family in the Knoxville area, so he was there this spring, been, been there a bunch. Tennessee's done a really good job recruiting him. He likes the trajectory of the program. I mean, Tennessee there, when you're talking about national title contenders now, they're, in you, you, they're on your short list. And so that's the first time in, in a long time that they've been in that discussion. And, and, and so now they're in some of these – blue chip recruiting battles as well. And Sammy Brown, they're, they're in there battling for him. I, I think they got to make up some ground. Um, but, you know, he's one of the headliners this weekend for what will be a fun weekend at Tennessee. Last year, it was called Rocky Top Palooza. This year, it's called 865 Live. Uh, but it's just going to be a lot of fun activities in Knoxville where the coaches and the recruits and their families all have fun together just kind of hanging out uh, inside Neyland Stadium, among other places. I think what stands out to me about Tennessee, and I've always, I feel like I'm always repeating myself, but you look at their past two recruiting classes and they're explosive on offense, but I think what they've done a nice job of doing is adding, you know, potential multi-year starters and impact players on the defensive side of the ball. Now, some of these guys aren't, you know, the blue chip, caliber in terms of the rankings they're not the four and five stars but i really like how they have built out the back end of the class now you talk about adding someone like sammy brown to the fold i think that has the potential to elevate the unit even more and uh i think another guy we got to mention with the volunteers williams william williams in winary wow i'm struggling here Okay. Well, how do you say it? Because I, I I've heard I think it four different ways. Silent Winery is what I what I've been going with. Well, Emily Proud was saying it different on the on the recruiting show, so maybe maybe producer Lance can can chime in. But he's he's set to visit Tennessee. He's got 
five officials penciled in, right? I think he's got mm-hmm. four in June. Um, he's going to get to Oregon in the fall months. And this is a kid out of out of Missouri, our number three ranked uh, prospect overall right now, number one defensive lineman. He's got one of the longest wingspans that we have come across here in the 2024 cycle, a guy that I thought really took a step forward when it came to his play. If you look at the sophomore tape to the junior tape, you know, what, where do you think you don't have a crystal ball pick in on, on Williams yet? Do you No, but if I did, it'd be Tennessee right now. I just uh, think it's by the slightest of margins right now. So I'm not ready to just throw one in, but I know he's loved his couple visits to Tennessee trajectory of the program coach garner and all of that and uh, uh coach hypel played with his high school coach at oklahoma so there's a lot of familiarity and comfortability with with tennessee they've done he's just really enjoyed being there now the the interesting thing with with, with winary right now is that he's got an official visit schedule of georgia the first weekend of june Tennessee the second weekend, Oklahoma the third weekend, Missouri the fourth weekend. And then he's got Oregon in September, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if A&M gets added to the list for a sixth official. But Tennessee on the ninth and Oklahoma on the 16th, Tennessee is trying to get them to go to Knoxville on the 16th as well. So, like, I talked to him this week, and Oklahoma was still what he was saying was June 16th. But there's like a little bit of a tussle on even when schools are trying to get them on campus. So it'll be interesting to see where he actually takes a visit to those weekends in June. But I can reconfirmed with them this week um, because there were also reports on other networks of those visits being flip-flopped and Oklahoma being the second weekend and Tennessee being the third weekend. And I think it's kind of up in the air either way. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how that little small nugget plays out because Oklahoma is a major player that his, his relationship with Venables, Chavis and, and uh, Bates is second to none. He's been there as many play as much as any place. And you know, they're, they're battling like hell to, to win that one as well. Now, Oklahoma, their big weekend is the 16th, right? I think both of them are, you know, I, cause I know David Stone was having like the, when I spoke with him at IMG Academy, the other, five-star defensive lineman, uh, Sooner State native. Uh, he was – it's just – it's. I don't think most fans realize that, like, schools are battling to get kids certain weekends like you just brought up. And you don't really know, and I guess until they show up on campus, who's going to be where. So Tennessee's got a big weekend. You know, if Tennessee brings in Winnery the second weekend, it'll be a very intimate vis- visit. You know, they have Max Anderson coming in that weekend. They're trending for him on the crystal ball out of Frisco Reedy. And then Williams Winery, you know, they, Tennessee's got big weekends lined up for the 16th and the 23rd. Um, the, the Oklahoma indeed is big on the 16th with several five stars, including Sammy Brown as part of that, David Stone, and and uh, so trying to get all those guys together, I guess, um, is part of their both of those programs' plans. I, I actually think that. If Tennessee got Winery there on the ninth, they could. I mean, that visit's all about Williams Winery. Like Coach Hype, all his time is basically just spent with Williams Winery. You know, there's no juggling. There's, 
you know, you can really get to know a young man and his family and his people over a lot of lobster and, and uh, ribeyes. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of good eating on these official visits, you know. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be against it. I'd, I'd be like, all right, you want to come the second weekend, man? I mean, we'll we'll make that work. That's williams Winery weekend now. That's not massive recruiting weekend. That's williams Winery weekend, you know, where – if you, you know, you come in, there's 12 blue chippers. I'm sure there's a positive for that as well, but it can't possibly be as intimate. Right. I didn't know I would go here with you on this because it's, it's not the biggest market, but Missouri, number 72 in the rankings right now. I, I had to do some mid, mid-spring grades at, at some point, and I, I gave Missouri a C. But you look, they're going to get Williams on campus. They're also going to get an official visit from five-star Ryan Wingo. And let's not forget mm-hmm. two cycles ago, they signed Luther Burden, five-star wide receiver uh, who has made a splash in the SEC. I mean, do you think Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers are have a, have a fighting chance for, you know, these two uh, five-stars? Not this go-around. Um, you know, Luther Burden, they were always at or near the top. I actually think that there were – I mean, Missouri had to – beat Georgia at the buzzer for Luther Burden. Um, but I don't see Mizzou having the same kind of traction with these two, um, yeah. but we'll see. But Mizzou, you know, they're kind of an interesting team this year, right? You know, they, they, they're, they're a sleeper team in the SEC. You have your teams that are your obvious ones that you, you would project to have really good seasons, but Mizzou brings a lot back. That Georgia game last year, I watched that game on a – I was watching that game outside on a TV, man. I remember watching – I mean, Georgia had to fight their ass off to win that game. You know, so they – you know, uh, Coach Drinkwitz has put some swag into that Missouri program. And so we'll see what a good season does for them maybe late in the cycle. Um, but I don't – right now they're on the short list, but I think they're on the back end of the short list for both of those guys. Uh, Blake Baker, the defensive coordinator there in Columbia, friend of the podcast, always fields a good defensive unit. He's got some some new transfers in, so we'll see. Uh, I brought up Ryan Wingo, five-star wide receiver, our number two ranked wide receiver. You have a crystal ball pick in for Georgia mm-hmm. with Wingo. He's also going to trip to Michigan and Texas here in uh, the month of June. What's the latest kind of with him? I think Michigan, you know, seeing them getting an official visit, I, I think is certainly notable. Yeah. I think George is the one to beat going into the official visits. I thought Tennessee led for a lot of this recruitment. And even though they don't have an official visit scheduled right now, I'm certainly not discounting the Vols. Um, Miami's another program that is rising with Wingo after a recent visit to Coral Gables. I expect him to get back there. And I think Ryan Wingo, who's visited over 35 campuses, um, could take more than five allotted official visits as well. Um, But I think that Georgia is uh, in a great position. But I bring up the college visits because their visit to Miami, he's been on over 35 college campuses, and they've never spent as much time with a head coach over two days as they did with Mario Cristobal. And so that has catapulted the Hurricanes in this recruitment. And so it'll be interesting to see how the logistics of his visits moving forward work out. 
Let's move to the number three wide receiver, Bryant Wesco out of Texas. Uh, this guy is long. He can run, change directions, break defenders off. I don't know if you have a crystal ball pick in, but uh, the crystal ball reads Oklahoma for Wesco. Mm -hmm. He's got trips lined up to, or he was just at USC, excuse me. And then he's yep. going to get to Clemson, LSU, and TCU in June. Latest on Wesco. Yeah, so I uh, this is one where you know I think the first few guys you asked me about, I've been able to give you a, a pulse of what I think it is right now going into the summer. For Wesco, I don't know. <laughs> like I, <could laughs> I love make, it. Like I could, I I think that he really likes TCU. Like Malcolm Kelly, the offense, the the feel, the vibe around there, the player development with Quentin Johnson. Like, I think he really likes TCU. Clemson, absolute fit within that program. The type of kid he is, type of family he comes from. They love their time at Clemson and the vibe in that program. Uh, so I could see it. Uh, and then certainly, obviously, Oklahoma, um, you know, been there a bunch. Uh, um, you know, he obviously is high on Oklahoma. And then uh, LSU, both his parents ran track at Louisiana Tech. His dad's in the Hall of Fame there. Um, they they have ties to that state. Um, and then USC just had a really good visit there. But TCU, Oklahoma, Clemson, if, you, if he picked any of those schools in an hour, none of them would surprise me. So that's what I mean by, like, I can't put my finger on it. Is, is this one of the, the biggest kind of question marks for you right now? For me, yeah. Like I just because I think that I think it could go a lot of different ways still. I think he really likes these programs. And so the official visits are big and uh, player development and business school are what's going to be the determining factor for him as he puts himself in position to best be the adult he wants to be. And uh, but uh, when those Oklahoma crystal balls are going in, I was like, man. I can't join this party because I know that TCU and Clemson are very high on his list, but Hey, there's also times where I don't know as much as some other people too, Drew, maybe he's <laughs> going to commit to Oklahoma in an hour, but I, I don't know. I could see it going a lot of different ways. You mentioned mom and dad were at uh Louisiana tech. I think his sister plays soccer for the Sooners there in Norman, but, but in the portal now, I think. Package deal. Look at that. We're going to have re football recruiting staffs reaching out to the, the soccer staffs. Uh, another guy in Texas I wanted to ask you about. I, I thought you had an update on him recently, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Colin Simmons, edge rusher out of Duncanville, guy that's going to play in the All-American Bowl. Uh, you, you had something on him recently, correct? Yeah, he visited LSU in the spring. Uh, I, that's, that's my prediction going into the summer. Now, this is a recruitment that's still got a lot of runway. Uh, Texas, Texas A&M, um, certainly some other schools that I think are, are in it for them. You got places like Oregon, uh, Florida, you know, Miami. Th those are other contenders. I think LSU has set the tone in this recruitment. Uh, the last visit was a big one because he was being recruited by Jamar Kane, who took a job in the NFL. So to get back there, and still feel the good vibes. His family feels at home there. They just love, they just love the diversity and the feel and everything at LSU, the program and the the arrow on it. And 
he's I mean he's arguably the number one player on LSU's board. So um, I think I think LSU's done a really good job in this recruitment, and we'll see if they can hold off Texas and 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 the Aggies and Florida, Miami, Oregon. Those are kind of the other schools. I'm viewing in it. Maybe Alabama and Tennessee are in it. I don't think Georgia's in it. So uh, Georgia's on some other targets at the position. The Dylan Stewart's, Jordan Ross's of the world um, are kind of the guys that they've they've keyed in on. Um, so um, that's one school that I don't think LSU is going to have to try and hold off. All right, I'm going to ask you about one more. Then we're going to move in a different direction here. But he's our new running back one in the rankings, Taylor Tatum kid out of Longview, Texas, a lot of Lone Star State flavor here in the past couple of minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Three official visits set up, USC, Oklahoma, Michigan, talked with a college contact, was just kind of picking his brain on Taylor Tatum, and he kind of gave what the response you did to Wesco. He's like, I, I have no, no idea what direction that recruitment's going to go, and I, I, I know there's a at least one crystal ball forecast in for the Wolverines, and, and this is a – multi-sport guy he could get drafted in baseball he's, he's leading his team pretty far i think in the state playoffs he's also a track kid can catch the ball out of the backfield uh we're, we're big fans here at 24 7 sports of, of taylor tatum well he's been to usc a couple times and going back the first weekend of june coach riley his ties in the lone star state i mean they're hitting texas as hard as any program in the country and uh i i, I think that they're in an interesting position, you know, from from Coach McDonald to Lincoln Riley's offense to the vibe out west. You know, they already have Brian Jackson committed. He's a 240-pound battering ram out of McKinney. Uh, they'd love to add Tatum to that. I think that they're in a really, really good position for him, and so is Oklahoma. I mean, I think DeMarco Murray's built the best relationship with, with Taylor and his family, and so I think that's resonated, and I think he likes – where Brett, he, he believes that Brett Venables is going to have this program back to form. And he talked about Jackson Arnold, who, who, you know, I was, I'm on the Jack. I was you're, driving you're the, the Jackson Arnold bus. You're yeah. the president of the Jackson Arnold club. Sure. So, you know, Taylor, Taylor's uh, feels good about Oklahoma's program with Jackson Arnold under center. Um, so I think that that's an exciting thing for him. Uh, Michigan, they're in on a few running backs. Um, coming into June, and I know um, that the Michigan fans are obviously excited about getting Taylor Tatum to campus because he's the number one running back in the country, um, but Michigan's bringing in three running backs in June that they're excited about uh, as a whole, and and so it'll be interesting to see how their running back recruiting just plays out in general, but I, I think if you're asking me to handicap Taylor Tatum's recruitment right now, I would say that I think it's more likely that he ends up playing at Oklahoma or USC right now than any of the schools on his list, but we'll see what else gets scheduled and we'll see how these other visits shake out. All right. Real, real quick. Got a plug. If you guys like the 24 seven sports football recruiting podcast, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, leave a review, keeps the lights on here, keeps uh, Steve Wiltfong showing up. I got to get something like the, the YouTube show where you can, throw up the thumbs and, and like it. Uh, I had a few other kind of things written down here. I wanted to ask you about Steve before we get you out of here. I guess you can name multiple schools here or a school, but is there, is there a program or a staff that in your 
in your eyes could make a ton of noise here in June or July. And I bring that up because if you go back to last summer, you know, Alabama took or landed Caleb Downs, Justice Haynes. I mean, mm-hmm. they pried them away from, from Georgia, Florida. It was Eugene Wilson and, and Andy Jean and, and Jakeem Jackson, Oklahoma, PJ Adebore, Lewis Carter, Miami got Francis Malagoa on, on July 4th, LSU landed Deshaun Womack. So we know some of these big dominoes are going to fall. Is there anyone you're kind of keeping your eye on? And I know Oregon up to number six in the rankings, they've, parlayed the end of the 2023 cycle success into um, what they're doing here in 2024. But anyone you're tracking, they're like, all right, I, I think these guys are going to make some fireworks here uh, as June and July take place. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of mentioned a lot of the obvious ones, right? So I want to think outside the box because we know like Georgia's in the middle of a hot streak right now as we record this, right? And, yeah. and, and Michigan, they've already had a big hot streak. I think that they're close on some guys. Marion Stewart um, is one that I think they're in good position for. Micah Capana running back. Like they got some guys out there. Um, but uh, Oregon's hot right now. Uh, Penn State's kind of hot right now. But a school, Alabama's got pound for pound the best class in the country right now uh, when you look at average ranking per commit. But a school that like thinking outside the box, uh, eventually Miami's going to make a run. I just don't know when the guys that the timetable of the guys that they're recruiting is going to dictate when Miami makes a run. So outside of all of that, finally getting to the punchline of my answer, a school that I'm excited to see what develops with them this summer is Auburn. And they have five commits right now, but they closed the, they closed that 2023 cycle as strong as anybody. I think they're on a lot of short lists. They have five commits right now. Uh, they're in they're in the middle of it for a lot of blue chip prospects, particularly in the region. And so I'm excited to see what happens on the plains as they start ramping up with these official visits, because they're a school that I think uh, has a lot of runway to make a big move up our rankings as they get kids on campus and get people around their staff, which is incredibly engaging right now. And Hugh Freeze is locked in and. And uh, so Auburn's kind of the school that I'm intrigued to watch coming into the summer to see what kind of run they make. Yeah. And they've also been had as good of a, a run in the, in the transfer portal, right? I mean, they've, they've plucked a, a ton of new names. You mentioned the new staff. They also got that brand new facility there, you know, uh, on campus and, uh, I guess we I visited didn't... Auburn about five years ago, and it was some of the worst facilities in college football. When you think about like what now, you don't have to have great facilities when the talent's ninety minutes away, you know, or, or in. But yeah. uh, it's nice that they're. It'll be interesting what they do when and, and... when they can boast those facilities along with you know the great program tradition and great game day atmosphere and all that. And who are just real quick, some of the big names, I mean, Cameron Coleman, the five-star wide receiver from right there in state, anyone else you you got your eye on, just looking at the official visitors list, Javante Waller, five-star pass rusher out of the state of Mississippi, TJ Lindsay, uh, a a big interior defensive lineman from Arkansas. He's on the expected visitors list. Anyone else you're you're tracking? Yeah, I mean, they're swinging at KJ Bolden, of course, got into campus a couple times. Justin Green, they're going to get an official visit from him. Jalen Crawford uh, is one that they're in the middle of it for. Jordan Ross, 
obviously uh, Daniel Calhoun just scheduled an official visit with them. And, and so um, it'll, you know, it'll be interesting. They're, they're going to be fun to watch because we, we just know watching the way that new class, that, that new staff closed at the end of the last cycle, who, who can they make a run at here uh, in, in June? I'm excited to see what they have brewing. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. There's been some some mention of Miami, some mention of Florida. I don't think we've heard Florida State yet on the podcast, but I was presented with this question a few weeks ago um, in a production meeting for the uh, recruiting show, and I, I was like, I, I don't know if I'm ready to answer that. So now I'm going to throw it to you, but I, I can provide my own context here. And, and force me to answer. No, 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 no. no. You don't... It, All right. So I think it's a great talking point, right? Who in Florida's uh, of the Florida's big three is going to finish with the top ranked recruiting class here in the 2024 cycle? And as it stands right now of this taping, FSU's number eight, Florida's number 11, Miami's 25th. I don't really know, like who's who's gonna who's gonna rise to the top. Sure, because like. Florida State, their class is awesome. I think that they got some really good offensive linemen still out there uh, that they're in great great position for, from from Zan Demella to um, Jonathan Daniels. Uh, yeah, right there yeah, in their backyard. Yeah, yeah. So they're you know they're in great shape with some with with some of their top offensive line targets moving forward. I think that they are the clear leader for uh, Charles Lester going into his official visits. Um, they're in there. They're in it. I mean, they're in a great spot for for Cameron Coleman. Um, they're you know they're in the top two for Jamari Howard, um, and, and so they're they're Kylan they're going to be they're going to yeah they'll they lead for Kylan Fox. They 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 are going to continue to uh, Manasseh TT's another offensive lineman uh, as I kind of scroll the list that I have crystal ball to Florida State. So I think that they have a great chance to finish with the top ten class. And they're the safe pick to say, hey, they're going to finish with the highest recruiting class of the big three. They are the safest pick. But Miami, I mean, like, they are gung-ho on signing the best defensive line class in the country. That is the focus. Mario Cristobal and his staff have been maniacal about the way they've recruited that position this cycle. They had the best offensive line class last year. Now they want to follow that up with the best defensive line class this year. And you look at every elite defensive lineman in the country, and they all seem to have Miami on their short list. David Stone's been there a few times, coming back the second weekend of June. Dylan Stewart a couple times, also coming back the second weekend of June. Have Justin Scott, Crystal Ball to, to Miami. Right now, they're definitely a major contender for Aiden Breland. Kamarian Franklin's been there a couple times. I think Miami has a great chance to land Marquise Lightfoot out of Chicago. All those guys are top 100 players that play around the line of scrimmage, and that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg of who they're recruiting on defense. And so, obviously, we, we have JoJo Trader, Crystal Ball to Miami. I said they're rising with, with Ryan Wingo. They're in the top two for Jarrett Gibson. You know, they're they're in contention to flip Jalen Hayward from Georgia. I think that they lead for Zaquan Patterson, but the reason why I haven't predicted that yet, Drew, and you probably have some insight on it, is I think he's still kind of getting to know the new defensive coaches at Miami. And so it's like, how do I – 
Like I love Miami. I love the idea of playing for Miami, but I need to make sure that these coaches are the right coaches for me is kind of my read on it. Maybe you got a different feel, but Miami, they have top five recruiting class upside for sure. They just got to go out and close some of these. So Florida State's the safe pick. Miami is like the wild. They got the highest ceiling, I think. And then Florida, they got a good class, man. I love Adarius Hitman Hayes. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the country. They have Graham committed at backer. Uh, They have Xavier at safety. Like this is a defense that really needs to be retooled. Um, it was one of the worst in college football last year, statistically. And, and I think they're getting, you know, the D line class that they recruited last year, Kelby Collins, Cameron James. I mean, those were big recruiting wins to beat Alabama and Georgia. Georgia came in and tried to flip Kelby Collins late. I mean, Kirby, Kirby smart went and visited Kelby Collins late in the cycle. So, um, those are the kind, these are the kind of recruiting wins for Florida to get back to playing defense at a championship caliber level. So even though, I, I might rank the Florida class three of the big three. I just like where the arrow is on all those programs. And as James Franklin always, recruiting is not who you don't get. It's who you get and what you do with them. And I think that Florida's getting some really good players, and we'll see what they do with them. And then, obviously, quarterback at Florida, they have DJ Lagway committed. He's as toolsy as any quarterback in the class from a potential standpoint. And so – if they're able to get it out of him, I mean, they'll have one of the more special players in college football. Love Luke Cromenhoek at Florida State. Miami's still trying to figure out who their quarterback of the future is, right? So we can sit here and talk about O-line and D-line recruiting. Um, but uh, there's no, there's more question mark. They've recruited some quarterbacks, but those are guys that we have question mark on, like, what their potential is, you know. But, hey – they got they can write their own stories at Miami under center and they're putting some good players around them. Miami's running back room is awesome. Mark Fletcher, Chavante Citizen, Chris Johnson just ran 10 2, Drew. Yeah, 10 2, 10 2 4. Yeah. So um it, it it those programs are coming together. And I I know that they uh the none of you know Florida State had the had the big year last year. Um, and, and so there's a lot of excitement around that program for what they return, what they're bringing in from the portal and that recruiting class. I mean, they're a, a legitimate playoff contender coming into the season, but the other two are building, you know, yeah. and so um, give them time. And then um, hopefully AR fives, the man up here in Indianapolis this year, we're, <laughs> we're rooting for him now at the Wilfong house. Is, 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 is he wearing five? Is it AR five? I, I've not. They are five. I just, I hope. I hope your kids have Anthony Richardson jerseys. I, is that on the? Oh, my wife is a, a anti Colt quarterback jersey right now because Philip Rivers one year, uh, Wentz one year, <laughs> Matt Ryan one year, and even though Anthony Richardson just got here, he's a rookie, first round draft pick. We can't get our kids quarterback jerseys right now because the last three have been one year. No, but we got JT, JT and Michael Pittman and Darius Leonard are the jerseys floating around our house right now with unfortunately a Wench jerseys floating around here and some other, some other ones. I thought you answered the big three question. Well, uh, I'm just going to point to Florida's class. I, I, I agree. I, it's eight commits, but I like all those commits. And then you look at the visitors list that they have lined up for for June and what stands out to me is kind of the front seven defenders. Aaron Childs is going to visit. Jamonte Waller is going to visit. 
Uh, They're in the top two for him, Drew. Yeah, yeah. Nasir Johnson, who's a 300-pound, you know, two-gap defensive lineman in rural Georgia that has a video of him doing a standing backflip. Amirius Williams out of of North Carolina, D-line heaven. Uh, former running back that has transitioned to the defensive side of the ball. He's out there running sprints. I mean, I, I'm still going down uh, the no, list. Walter Matthews, they got a great shot to land out of Hiram. No, no question. Like Chris, these, Christopher all these programs, Jones, LJ McCray. I mean, they're in on some. These programs might be, they might all be good again at the same time. It could happen. I like, I, I think, I think the arrow's up, man. It's just, so much of it for particularly for Coach Cristobal and Coach Napier is going to be what ends up happening under center because I think with Mike Norvell, we just know that he's always going to field a good offense. It's just like you can just bank on it. And um, it, it, he's also almost always had good running backs. Like it's just like – I. I believe in Mike Norvell on offense, and I'm not saying I don't believe in the others. Like Mario Cristobal won a lot of games at Oregon, and Billy Napier is the best coach in Raging Cajun history and deserves to be there. And I I like the arrow on both those programs, but I think it's going to come down to how successful those programs get. It's the obvious thing. Our wives could say at quarterback, what's going to happen with those two programs? Because I think we just know that Mike Norvell is going to have good quarterback play and a good offense. It's just in his DNA. Dalen Evans is also visiting Florida. I, I'm a, he's a huge. He's. Yeah. I, I think he's a. He could be a better version of of Gervin, Gervon Dexter, who just went in the second round of the Chicago Bears out of, out of Florida. Uh, Steve, a few more, um, and I'm really putting. That might you on have this. been a measurables thing for Gervon, though, right? I mean, he's a big, big dude, big dude. I, I just think it, 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 it all didn't really come to come together with the consistency. But I think Dalen Evans is similar size. Um, he's a, and, he's uh, a freak. He's uh, I've a freak. said, I've said, Texas A and M is going to have to fight to hold on to him. Um, so someone asked me in the chat of the recruiting show or, or something. So like Texas A and M, they're tough to beat for an in-state D lineman, particularly one that's already committed. So we'll see. You know, obviously they, they were able to outlast for David Hicks and this is their guy in this cycle, you know, that they're, they'll, whatever, you know, they're, they're going to fight to protect this young man. All right. Putting you on the spot. You weren't prepped for this one school that isn't getting enough credit for how they're recruiting so far in this 2024 cycle. I'll throw out some, I'll throw out some names that I wrote down. Well, like art. Well, go ahead. Go, go. Well, I didn't want to work off your cheat sheet, right? You know, um, I will let you, you know, I mean, I think, I think that, you know, obviously there's some schools that are exciting to be in the top 25, but I just, I just think Wisconsin, I'm a believer in Luke Fickle and his staff and, and uh, they have a top 25 class right now, eight commits, tight end big position of emphasis for them to get grant steck and rob booker two of the best players in the midwest at the position they go into the lone star state and they land this kid maybe maybe Matower, who is not maybe as polished as some of his peers 
He is certainly as productive as anybody drew almost 3000 yards passing 32 touchdowns. He's got 24 rushing scores in his career. Phil Longo absolutely loves this kid. And, and, uh, um, so that's a guy that they think they can build around at the quarterback position that brings dual threat ability. And then they have this linebacker committed out of South Dakota, Thomas Heiberger, who uh, was as high on their board as anybody at any position. He's six foot four, 210 pounds, very athletic. He's a guy that could do anything from uh, uh, crash the run, drop in coverage to be a pass rusher. He's at every down player that brings some versatility to your defense. I think Wisconsin has an exciting start to their class right now. And then they're bringing in some key players for official visits that they're definitely in the middle of it for uh, a guy that's not listed on our site. That's going to take an official visit with them as a running back out of Chicago, Darian Dupree. He's going to go to, uh, um, Michigan as well and Michigan State, but I, I, Wisconsin's been on him for a long time. They're in on some really good players with high upside, and I like what they already have in the fold. Who do you love right now, Drew? Who's not getting enough credit in your world? Well, on Wisconsin, uh, official visit coming from Dylan Jones, top 247 running back, alpha dog of Under Armour Baltimore. I, would, mm-hmm. I think he'd be an excellent fit there. Coy Beasley safety out of Ohio just moved into our top 247 he's also going to visit um those are two guys that I think if you're a Wisconsin fan you got to get excited about and then there's some buzz down here in South Florida uh, about this DB Xavier Lucas uh he's at Fort Lauderdale Dillard High School a lot of Big Ten schools really like him I think he he fits he fits the Big Ten uh schools I wrote down I, th- I think Ole Miss you know they're sitting at 24 right now and That's we, a me, good one, man. Yeah, me and Cooper have talked about it. We talked about it on the on the last show, but normally they're kind of like the late charge, right? It feels like it comes in in December and in January, and you know they got two of the state's top prospects committed right now: Cam Beavers, Jeffrey Rush. Um, That's big, obviously. D lineman. Yeah. So I, them and then and the other one I wrote down is Purdue at number twenty six. I, I really like the quarterback they have co- committed, Marco Davia. Uh, out of the state of Texas, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that when he opened his recruitment back up, he would have had a ton of different options. And and the fact that he's going to Purdue. So uh, and, and they got a they got a ton of visitors coming in as well, obviously, in, in June. Texas quarterback in, in this cycle, like people talk about it being like a down cycle holistically. But there's a lot of guys in the state, Drew who I think are really good players that are going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see how it shakes out in college. I love Will Hammond, who's going to Texas Tech. I think he's one of the best players at the position in the country. Hoss Haney is the way the game's going. Um, I I think that he can be an electric dual threat quarterback. Him and Luke Moga are kind of the fastest players in the country at the position. And I believe Hoss tested faster than him uh, at Austin, at the Elite 11 in, in Austin. Um, I, I think that um, those are guys, in addition to, you know, Lagway and, and Davila off the top of my head. We talked about maybe Matawa going to Wisconsin. When you, when a school believes in you, like that gives you a bump in my mind too, you know, like, and so I know what Phil Longo thinks of maybe Mabry Matawa, um, the way he recruited him at North Carolina and then, and, and then now at Wisconsin. So uh, I, it, there's some guys in this Lone Star State that I think we're going to look up 
in a few years and see them as some of the main guys under center in college football. Phil has not got enough credit for retooling or rebuilding or restocking, replenishing, whatever word you want to use that Wisconsin quarterback room because it was uh, – I think it had like two scholarship guys at one point, right? And he's, he's brought yeah. in a ton of transfers. Well, the first thing they probably did was take that stone tablet offense and throw it out the window. <laughs> you know, it broke in the Fred Flintstone blocks outside there on the Madison uh, sidewalk, and, and now they're running the complete opposite. I mean, like Wisconsin fans are going to get whiplash in the first quarter of the season opener compared to what they were watching the last couple seasons. Well, Steve, um, so on deck for you, you're going to the Sound Mind, Sound Body. Mm-hmm. And then we got the Elite 11 finals mm-hmm. and OT7 finals out in LA. Elite 11 started inviting more quarterbacks last night. Uh, Demond Williams, who's committed to Ole Miss, he's he got his his ticket. DJ Lagway committed mm-hmm. to Florida. He got his ticket. Elijah Brown uh, at a matter of day, who is still on the market. Um, real quick, what are you what are you looking forward to out in in LA at the premier quarterback event? Well, I always like seeing how these guys stack up next to each other from a talent standpoint. That's really what the event is about, is seeing how talented these guys are. Now, you still got to keep in mind that it is a position that is really played between the ears as far as like getting your team in the right protection, getting your team in the right play call, knowing where to go with the football, and then doing so accurately uh, are the – that traits are much better higher than arm talent but obviously it's going to be nice to get out there and see how fluid these athletes are and 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 how well they throw the football and just kind of start getting them into the pecking order that we like going into the season um and for for their for their senior campaigns the elite 11 is always a classy fun event Uh, and so looking forward to getting out there with you guys. Maybe our hotel will have a golf simulator and <laughs> I can, uh, um, I can uh, redeem, redeem myself. Yes. From our, our last outing. Uh, but I will say our last outing, I was uh, in between strokes. I'm running into the, the, uh, the, the, the bar and conversating with parents and then coming back and hitting my shot and then, back and forth you know Uh, that's fair that's fair that's fair uh well we know there'll be a swing simulator in san antonio for the all-american bowl julian saying alabama commit uh penn state commit ethan grunt is it grunkmeyer is that how you say it grunkmeyer yeah ohio state commit air nolan lsu commit colin hurley and georgia commit dylan rayola also on the elite 11 roster i'm assuming they're going to keep adding names here it's normally what around 20 24 guys Yep, something like that. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who else they add to the list. Obviously, I'm hoping Will Hammond gets an invite. Danny O'Neill, Colorado commit from my neck of the woods. Just rooting for him, an Indianapolis kid. I want to see him do well, get a chance to get out there and throw alongside those those his peers. It'll be interesting. Who do you want to see get down? Who do you want to see get added? Marco Devia would be one. I'd, I'd like to see him. Uh, Trevor Jackson, he's also been invited. Uncommitted kid out of Orlando. I'm going to be at his spring That's game. Boy, man, you sniffed him out before. You know, <laughs> you were telling me about him at Battle Miami. And, and uh, um, yeah, obviously I watched him play down there, and it was easy to see what you saw. And then for him to get one of those early tickets, 
they don't just hand those out, you know. So he obviously had an impressive showing at the regional. Yeah, and and I'll say this, Steve. Last night I was at um, Cardinal Gibbons for their spring scrimmage, and Michael Merdinger, who North Carolina took, uh, he in a half of play before the lightning came. He was awesome. I think, I mean, he threw an interception, but that was his only complete pass. And there was some college coaches on the sidelines that were kind of in awe. He was just looking guys off. And I know he did good at one of those regionals. No idea if he's going to get an invite, but uh, it'd be cool to see him just given his story and, and what he did to, to get into the premier event and kind of prove himself. So we'll see. He's, he's another guy I wouldn't mind out there. Trevor Jackson, is he, what's the – What's the buzz on his recruitment? I know he's got an official visit to Pitt coming up, which uh, obviously should be an enticing situation. You know, Pitt's been in the ACC title game, been in a New Year's Six Bowl recently under Narduzzi. Who else? You know, Texas A&M's in there. He told me about A&M. How do you see that one shaking out? Well, Penn State's in there as well. West Virginia's looking for a quarterback. I mean, if you went to Penn State or Texas A&M, he would be kind of the number two. Um, I know Pitt, second guy, then you yeah, gotta prove it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think all these quarterbacks realize right now, like there's gonna be competition no matter what. So yeah, you know, you, you should think you should beat out that other guy. Um, you well, know, Trevor when Matt Jackson will be able to throw next to Ethan Grunkemeyer at the Elite Eleven finals if he likes Penn State. And one of my favorite stories as the show wraps up is uh, you know, Sam Darnold was kind of like a late riser, he got hurt. I don't remember all the details, but Northwestern and Duke were on his short list. And then he blew up at the end of the summer going into a senior year, got Oregon. And then USC offered. USC had a commitment from Ricky Town, who at the time was one of the most highest ranked quarterbacks in the country. Sam Darnold played seven on seven against him, then did the Elite 11 finals next to him. And was like, I think I'll go to USC also. <laughs> committed committed to USC and the rest is history, obviously. Well, I'm sure always, he picked USC from a, for a lot of other reasons too, but he was able to assess where he stood next to the guy currently committed and uh was obviously unfazed by that. <laughs> I always tell the story about uh this was when Mac Jones was committed to Kentucky mm-hmm. and uh Alabama was going after him and he uh he was asking us if 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 uh, Tua was going to be at a certain camp, and you know the 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 rivalry between the they all know where they're ranked, right? All the quarterbacks know where they're ranked. They all know who they are, and look, they both ended up at Alabama, and they both uh, are in the NFL. So, uh, last one for you, Steve. You mentioned your grilling on Monday. What's what's going to be at the Wilt Fong household on on the grill? So we got a local butcher, Moody's Moody's Butcher here in the Indianapolis area. We have one in Zionsville, so. I always go up there and pick out, you know, burgers for the kids. My kids just, they're eight and five. They're not ready for a ribeye, you know, Michael Pittman Jersey and a ribeye. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, uh, so Moody's burgers, um, maybe I'll get some wings while I'm there. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do steaks there. Um, and, uh, uh, the big brioche buns, we get those. Those are clutch. Yeah. Yeah. How about I'm, you, man? You said you're going to be at the lake. Are you, uh, are you, I, I take it you're probably pretty good at water skiing and things of those, that nature. I did grow up water skiing, uh, wake surfing, just just a lot of adult beverages. I, are you, you know. flipping in the air though? Like, no, you no, 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 that's not you. 
Over 30. Don't want to get hurt anymore. <laughs> Listen, 60 is the new 50. We're long. Both of us are long ways from that. You just did Murph this morning. I think I you can do a flip on a on a board. No, don't do not need to get injured. Um, all right. Well, let let's get out of here, Steve. I appreciate you jumping on. Um, a lot of good insight on on some high profile prospects, and then kind of put you on the hot seat for some other things. But I thought you tackled that well. Really, really appreciate you joining us, man. And uh, hopefully, we can get you on here over the next few weeks because I don't know when Cooper's coming back, and you're always hey, working. Man. Let me know when you want to run it back. You take care. Have a good holiday weekend, everybody. Hope to, if you're in Indianapolis, which you should be, hope to see you out of the track. Turn three, fellas. Have a good one. <laughs>